The following presentation is from North Pine Baptist Church. We trust that it will help you learn more about God and His message for the world. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au. some in the foyer out at the back there. Feel free to go. You can grab one now. I'm not going to be offended. Or take one with you when you leave. Everyone needs to have the Word of God in their hands. The passage we're looking at today is verses 15 through to 27 of John chapter 18. I'm going to start a bit earlier in that just to give some context. We'll, we'll get back to verse 13. We did this last week. You might remember in chapter 12, Jesus is bound and arrested in the garden. Where we pick up today, he's now led away to the high priest. John chapter 18. I'll start at verse 13. This is the word of the Lord for us this morning. First, they led him, that is Jesus, to Annas. For he was the father-in-law of Caiaphas, who was high priest that year. It was Caiaphas who had advised the Jews that it would be expedient that one man should die for the people. Simon Peter followed Jesus, and so did another disciple. Since that disciple was known to the high priest, he entered with Jesus into the courtyard of the high priest. But, Jesus, but Peter stood outside at the door. So the other disciple, who was known to the high priest, went out and spoke to the servant girl who kept watch at the door and brought Peter in. The servant girl at the door said to Peter, You also are not one of this man's disciples, are you? He said, I am not. Now the servants and officers had made a charcoal fire because it was cold, and they were standing and warming themselves. Peter also was with them, standing and warming himself. The high priest then questioned Jesus about his disciples and his teaching. Jesus answered him, I have spoken openly to the world. I have always taught in synagogues and in the temple, where all Jews come together. I said nothing in secret. Why do you ask me? Ask those who have heard me what I said to them. They know what I said. When he had said these things, one of the officers standing by struck Jesus with his hand, saying, Is that how you answer the high priest? Jesus answered him, If what I said is wrong, bear witness about the wrong. But if what I said is right, why do you strike me? Annas then sent him down to Caiaphas, the high priest. Now Simon Peter was standing and warming himself. So they said to him, You also are not one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the servants of the high priest, the relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, Did I not see you in the garden with him? Peter again denied it. 
and at once a rooster crowed. Lord, Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, for your word this morning. Lord, we pray that uh, your Holy Spirit will teach us through this word. Tell us, Jesus, we pray. Amen. You've likely heard of the saying about walking a mile in someone else's shoes. Well, this morning I'm going to invite us to, to Don Peter's sandals for a minute. Put yourself in his shoes on that dark, cold night. Imagine this. Jesus has just been arrested. Your fellow disciples scatter and you watch them lead Jesus away towards the city. However, you and another disciple decide to follow Jesus. Not just you're following Jesus, you're actually following this posse of guards and soldiers who are armed with weapons, leading Jesus away. As you look at him, you can't help but think, well, why is it that I am following him? Maybe it's out of loyalty to Jesus, or maybe it's because you've been following Jesus for three years now, and you don't know any other way of living. You're careful not to get too close to the group in front of you. After all, you're not really one of them. You're following Jesus. You're not following the possum. As you walk the streets of Jerusalem, every now and then you notice the head pop out of the doorway. People trying to inquire as to what it is that all this noise is about on an otherwise peaceful evening. It's nearly the Passover after all. Finally, the posse arrives at a house and the armed guards take Jesus through a courtyard into the house. The other disciple just walks in. He's comfortable in this setting. He's known to the owners of the house. You are not so. You are not so comfortable in this setting. You are not so known in these well-to-do places of town. For the past week, you have felt pretty invincible. Jesus has been turning tables. He's been teaching in ways that are drawing people to him. People have been celebrating Jesus' entry into Jerusalem. You felt bulletproof. You felt like one of the crowd, one of the in crowd. But now, on this cold and dark night, in this courtyard of the high priest, you feel vulnerable. So deciding to stay, you try to go unnoticed. The other disciple comes out and has a word to the servant girl at the 
von Jahr selbst ist es so, nicht Irrlehrling. You notice a fire just because they're burning. And now it's seeing the people gathered around that, knowing that this is a place that will give you some warmth, but also that it's a place where you'll be able to stay unnoticed relatively. You go over and try to remain inconspicuous and warm. However, it's not long before that feeling of vulnerability returns in that cold, dark night. Your feelings change, you change. You start to fear the darkness. You start to fear the truth. You start to fear being exposed. In our passage this morning, John contrasts the questioning of both Jesus and Peter. Jesus is questioned by Amas, a former high priest of Israel. Now, for this man, he is powerful. Five of his sons have taken up the office of high priest of Israel. In fact, Caiaphas, the now serving high priest, is his son in law. Annas was considered the patriarch of the high priestly family of that day. He was an extremely powerful man. That is probably why Jesus was brought his questioning of Jesus was not able to have Jesus convicted of a crime. Not, certainly not of a crime worthy of death. Under Jewish law, that can only be done by the serving high priest. He would have to bring an accusation against someone if death was going to be the sentence. That will come later when Jesus is then taken to Caiaphas and, and Sam Peter, who gathered there. Annas' questioning of Jesus is more like a police interrogation. Behind closed doors, no video recording in those days. An opportunity not to necessarily follow all the legal protocols, not even the other. Rough up with you. It means you could get the desired result. Back in those days, you don't normally interrogate the defendant, you might say, but it's the witnesses that are supposed to be questioned. Witnesses on both sides of the argument, you might say. But of course, in this situation, anything that Jesus says, can and no doubt will be used against him in the following court of law if it serves the purposes of those who have arrested him. If it helps their case of having Jesus crucified. The questioning of Peter, on the other hand, was out in the courtyard around some hot coals. Now, the mention of these coals, this charcoal fire, is quite interesting in life of John. See, the function of such a fire is to bring warmth, is to give off warmth and heat, often used for, for cooking. It's not there to function to give flame and light. 
guy's an outsider, Peter could expect that he'd be able to come to this fire and not be exposed, not have his identity exposed to those around him. He could expect to come and be provided with warmth without the risk of exposure. The term for this coal fire, this charcoal fire, appears again at a men's breakfast in John chapter 21, verse 9. This too is a significant occasion in the relationship between Jesus and Peter. We'll look at that passage after Easter, so I don't want to spend too much time there now. In the meantime, I'll just put that out there. I'll allow you to chew on that if you want to look further before we get there. Please do help yourself. Now, the interrogation of Jesus happens along two lines of questioning. It's about his disciples and his teaching. Questioning of Peter, on the other hand, follows this one thing Are you a disciple of Jesus? We'll notice through this passage that what on the surface seems to be a quest for truth will actually double as questions of loyalty. Truth and loyalty are closely related. They're like two sides of the same coin. Truth does a couple of things in relation to loyalty. Truth tests our loyalty, and truth exposes our loyalty. Truth will test our loyalty, and truth will expose our loyalty. The questioning of Jesus by Annas and the officer is presented to us in verses 19 to 24. Jesus says in verse 20, when he answered Annas, I've spoken openly to the world. I've always taught in synagogues and in the temple where all Jews come together. He says, I've said nothing in secret. Why do you ask me? Ask those who have heard what I said to them. They know what I said. See, the truth side of the coin, the truth side of the questioning here that they oppose, they're asking Jesus is, who are you really? What are you teaching your disciples, Jesus? Are you, are you trying to lead an insurrection? Jesus' reply to Annas' questioning is basically that if he is real about wanting to find the truth about Jesus, whether that be Jesus' teaching and Jesus' disciples, he should ask the public. He should ask those who have heard him teach in the synagogues, in the temple, in the world. See, Jesus has been open in his teaching. What he said in public and what he said in private have been consistent. It's not like he says one thing to the 
to the public in order to try to gain some popular support and then goes away and says something different to his disciples. No, Jesus is consistent in his teaching in public and in private. If anything, in private, all he does is expound on what he said in, in public. He goes into a little more explanation with his close disciples. Jesus is saying to the high priest, look, ask the witnesses. Look, go about this the right way according to our Jewish law. Don't ask me what's being said. Follow protocol. If you want to know the truth, do it in the true way. Jesus isn't a hypocrite. He's not two-faced. Alice, on the other hand, will appear to be someone who's all about the law, yet behind the scenes, he's happy to go about things in his way. Whether or not they responded truthfully about Jesus' teaching, those who have heard from Jesus, this is a different issue because the truth of Jesus' teachings will, will both test and expose the loyalties of those who have heard him, won't they? The loyalty side of this questioning of Jesus, the loyalty side of this coin, is that is Jesus loyal to the Jewish hierarchy and their interests? Or is his loyalty to someone else? Does it lie elsewhere? Who are you really, Jesus? The flip side of that is, who are you loyal to? Are you loyal to us? Or is something else of your loyalty? In verses 22, in verse 22, we see that an officer, in response to Jesus' reply to Annas, strikes Jesus. He hits him. The officer seemed to understand the loyalty side of the coin, didn't he? He knew what the question was that was being asked of Jesus. The loyalty question. He heard Jesus' response. And he lashes out in violence. Jesus has actually shown that he was more eager to see the law follow than what Annas and the rest of those present there were eager to see the law follow. The truth Jesus spoke in verse 23 there had revealed where their loyalties lay that day. That not. The questioning of Peter by the servants is, is presented to us in verses 17 and 18, and then in verses 25 and 27 of this passage. They're, they're sort of the, the bookends of it. We're told in verse 17 that the servant girl at the door said to Peter, You also are not one of this man's disciples, are you? Peter's response I am not. Now the servants and the officers had made a charcoal fire because it was cold. 
and they were standing and warming themselves. Peter also was with them, standing and warming himself. You know, so the language then in verse 25 picks up there. Simon so Peter was standing and warming himself. So they said to him, You also are not one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. In verse 26, one of the servants of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, Did I not see you in the garden with him? Peter again denied it, and at once a rooster crowed. You can't miss the words that Peter is using in denying Jesus. John is intentional in highlighting the similarities yet the differences between Peter's response and Jesus' response when asked to identify himself. See, twice John records Peter denying Jesus with the words that are a variation of the phrase that Jesus used. Jesus identified himself at his arrest with the words, I am. In the Greek, those are the words, ego and you. Now, Peter identifies himself with the phrase, I am not. Or to more, put it more literally, not am and not I in these two instances. See, in verse 17, the, the Greek words used there are, ut emi. And then in, in verse 26, ut ego. So John seems to be really intentional at, at making us notice that there are similarities yet differences in how Jesus and Peter answer the question of their identity. The truth side of the questioning of, of Peter is, are you a disciple of Jesus? Now the answer is obviously yes. We know he's a disciple of Jesus. He's still following Jesus. Yet despite the evidence, despite even the presence of a relative of the man whose ear Peter cut off in the garden, Recognizing Peter, Peter still says no. Peter still denies the truth. When he is faced with the truth, when the facts are presented to him, he still denies it. And in so, Peter answers the loyalty side of this coin, the loyalty question. When darkness closes in and the truth comes to Peter, it reveals that his loyalty is not to Jesus after all. See, the responses of both Peter and Jesus are startling when the, the truth is asked of them. When it comes to truth, Jesus is being very open about it. He stands on the truth. Jesus keeps the truth. Whether that be the truth about his teachings or his motivations, he's very open. He's not secret about the truth. 
Jesus stands up to his questioners and he doesn't deny the truth. Peter, on the other hand, shrinks back from his questioners. And he denies everything. The vast difference between the Peter we saw in John chapter 6 and 13. In John 6, Peter confesses Jesus to be the Christ. Simon Peter answered Jesus, saying, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. In chapter 13, Peter declared his loyalty to Jesus, no matter what it cost him. When Jesus has said that he is going away, and the disciples question where he's going. Verse 36, Simon Peter asked him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus replied, where I am going, you cannot follow now, but you will follow later. Peter asked, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Then Jesus answered, will you really lay down your life for me? Very truly, I tell you, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. Like Peter in chapter 6 and in chapter 13 is saying to Jesus, Look, Jesus, I know me and I know you and I will lay down my life for you. My loyalty is to you, Lord Jesus. You can count on me. Now in John 18, we have the fulfillment of what Jesus has just prophesied in John 13. Peter's denial of Jesus here is part of the greater interaction between Peter and Jesus around the topic of Peter's loyalty to Jesus. It begins in John 6. It continues in John 13 and then concludes in John chapter 21. Verses 9 to 19. Peter denied knowing Jesus despite overwhelming evidence here. The question of truth revealed where Peter's loyalties were. Peter's loyalties were to Jesus only if Jesus turned out to be who he, who Peter thought he could be. His loyalty to Jesus was dependent on who he thought Jesus should be. Jesus being bound and led away for questioning was not Peter's idea of who a Messiah should be. Yet John shows us that Jesus was the only shining light here that night. He's the only one that cared about and stood for truth. Peter, on the other hand, was loyal to the truth 
only when it happened when it was questioned in the life, in the good times of life, when things were going well. But when darkness fell, when the circumstances, circumstances changed, his loyalty is exposed to what it truly is. How do you respond when questions of truth test and expose your life? When tax time rolls around each year? Yeah. Where do your loyalties lie? Do they lie to the truth? When you're surrounded by darkness and falseness in your life, what then are you loyal to? When tragedy and sorrow engulf you, when physical and mental illness overwhelms you, where do your loyalties lie? When your prayers seem unanswered, when your hopes and dreams are left hanging back, where do your loyalties lie? In those circumstances, what are you willing to deny? What are you loyal to? Another way to ask that question is, who will you remain loyal to? You see, the ultimate question of truth that John asks us through his gospel is, who is Jesus? And readers of John's Gospel are given overwhelming evidence as to who Jesus is. When the questions of truth come, the flip side of that coin, the questions of loyalty also come. And John asks us, are you loyal to Jesus? Who is Jesus? Are you loyal to him? John chapter 1 verse 14 tells us, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We all need to wrestle with that question then. Who is Jesus? 
And if we allow ourselves to be vulnerable to that question, vulnerable like Peter was on that night of darkness and coldness, then we too will have our loyalties tested and ultimately we will have our loyalties exposed. And that might leave you feeling like you are in a place of shame. But like Peter, you want to get out of there. Friends, can I say that is a good thing? It is a good thing to have the truth expose our loyalties, to test our loyalties. What you then do with that matters. Are you going to remain in the darkness? Or are you going to see the one shining light in that darkness? Are you going to remain loyal to yourself, loyal to something else other than Jesus? Or are you going to come to the one who is the truth? Friends, if you find yourself with your loyalties exposed and they are not loyalties to Jesus, friends, the answer is come to the light. Come to the one who is the truth, who stands the truth. Be vulnerable to him. Repent. Receive his forgiveness because, friends, Jesus will not disown you. Let me pray. I thank you for your followers. Lord, I thank you for Peter and this other disciple who continued to follow along after Jesus that night as he was led away. I thank you that your Holy Spirit has enabled what transpired there to be recorded for us. And I thank you that your Holy Spirit will show us why that is. Lord, truth be known, we've got so much in common with Peter. Lord, if we are true about ourselves, we know that we are people whose loyalties are divided. Lord, it is only Jesus who is the shining light in this story of darkness. Father, I thank you that you are showing us that what he did, he did for us. Lord, I pray for us. I pray that as as this truth exposes and, and tests our loyalties, Lord, in your grace, will you draw us to yourself? 
Lord, show us the truth of who Jesus is and show us the truth of who we are and, and bring us to Jesus. Lord, I pray that you'll be doing that right now. For those of us who, who would normally confess like Peter to being disciples and followers of Jesus and those who have not yet done so, Lord, show us the truth about Jesus and ourselves and draw us to Jesus, the one who will not design us, I pray, for his sake and for his glory. Thanks for joining us for this presentation from North Pine Baptist Church. For more information and to connect with us, visit npbc.org.au.